Welcome to Seller's Journey, the podcast where we speak to great sales reps and leaders and share their real stories from start to sales success. Hello, everybody. I'm Joseph Fung, and today we're chatting with Mark Bailey, growth lead at Rose Rocket. Mark, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing really well. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Now, Rose Rocket, not everybody's going to be aware of the firm and what you do. So maybe you could help us out. What's the 30-second pitch? What is Rose Rocket? Sure. So we're in transportation software. Um, Mm -hmm. Our elevator pitches, as you would have it, is we provide small to medium-sized logistics companies with the ability to customize their TMS as if they were buying a million-dollar piece of software. And so we focus on a very specific area called transportation management software. Basically, if you move freight, uh, you run your business on a piece of software like ours. And would your customers be predominantly U.S., European? Where where are you focused? Uh, North America, predominantly U.S., obviously some also in Canada as we're Canadian. Um, We don't support internationally yet. Awesome. This is exciting. So... I'm re- I've been really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, I got to be candid with you because you run a growth team and so you're onboarding and hiring SDR sales reps, but you also came from a recruiting background and we spent all day talking to people who are in career transition. So I think your journey is going to be a really interesting one to share. Uh, to kick it off and, and to get things started, maybe you could share a bit around where you grew up, where you went to school. Sure. So I grew up in Thornhill. Went to school, uh, University of Western. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess that's a pretty typical Toronto experience. <laughs> totally, totally normal. Yeah. And when you finished school, you started off in recruiting right away, right? Yeah, just fell into it. Um, I had planned to go into finance. I had interviews both at uh, some of the Canadian banks and at a recruitment firm and my uh, cousin, who was in London, was a headhunter and was doing really well. And my aunt was always, you know, bragging about him. And so, just kind <laughs> of, you know, some, when I got an opportunity, I just kind of fell into it. And um, yeah, one thing led to another, and got into recruiting. That's so interesting. The how the family dynamics can influence the journey like that. Uh, looking back at your journey so far, do you, do you ever, you know, wish that you'd gone the other route? Wish that you'd gone into finance instead? I don't know if I'd wish I'd gone into finance. Um, I wish I'd gone into uh, startups earlier and tech mm. in general, but uh, you know, can't change it. So no, no sense on dwelling on it. So getting into startups, we're going to get there. I'm excited about that. Let's let's talk a little bit about recruiting because you have a wealth of experience on the recruiting side of things, and you spoke to me a little bit earlier about how that's changed over time. Can you share a little bit about what that evolution was like? Sure. So um, I don't want to totally date myself, but I joined uh, recruiting uh, just you know a little bit after the dot-com bubble had burst. And uh, before the dot-com bubble, uh, recruiting was an extremely lucrative uh, industry because you know LinkedIn didn't exist. Monster and these other websites were, if at anything, just starting to – uh, to get some market share. And so it was all done through salespeople. And mm-hmm. so uh, people were making you know money hand over fist, a really sales-driven um, industry. The, the analogy people say is like you were a good recruiter if you got on an elevator 
And when you got off, you had everyone on the elevator's resume. So it was very sales focused. And then uh, the dot-com bubble burst, no more recruitment. And all the recruiters went from being, you know, uh, 300K recruiters to, you know, 300K salespeople in tech. And I got to see Uh that transition. And so all the people who had been there for a long time, they grew up in that previous experience. And then there was also this new modern tech world, and I kind of came in in between. So I ended up learning the classical sales techniques rather than the more technology-focused recruiting techniques that you might find today. And so yeah, that, that idea, as you said, those traditional sales techniques. I mean, one of the things that's so true in so many of the journeys that we're hearing is that idea of identifying and leveraging transferable skills. You know, I'd love to hear what sticks out to you as a recruiter. What are some of those skills that you picked up that you think translate well into the sales role? Um, for sure, being able to identify buying interest or um, a market. Um, you know, what do people want? What are people motivated by? Uh, how do you have a conversation with someone about buying anything, regardless mm-hmm. of what that is? Um, but probably the biggest one is how do you overcome objections? Um, how do you become, you know, let's say professionally persuadable. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you think about that as a recruiter, what would be the objections that you, you bumped into? You know, is it, you know, simply things like I'm happy in my job or you know, more sophisticated or elaborate ones? Yeah, it could be all that stuff. Uh, I mean, the key with any objection is to really know what the true objection is. Um, Cause sometimes people say, you know, they're happy in their job, but the real objection is they don't know you or, you know, why should we be talking at all? Um, and so every, every objection is different, but ultimately, you know, the goal is to deconstruct, um, you know, the argument as if it's an equation and then attack one of the uh, smaller variables, which would, if you, if you could break down that variable would invalidate the conclusion um, but people defend the smaller variables emotionally a lot less than the final conclusion. And that was always very helpful throughout my career. Could, could you give me an example? Is there something that comes to mind when you're, you're thinking about that idea of the variables and the, the smaller components? Uh, you, you put me on the spot, but let's say... You know, I know, it's a bit of a hot seat. Sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we're trying to come up with a good analogy, but let's say someone says to you, you know, uh, price is the only thing that matters on software. And, you know, uh, the real objection here is that, you know, software is commoditized, you know, one software is as good as the other. And so, you know, you would have to say, you know, uh, are there features that, you know, you could you use this feature as an example? And if he could use that feature, well, then I could say that not all software is identical because some of these features would be different. So the, let's have a conversation about whether these features would have specific value to you. And now I'm talking about features and value again. I'm not talking about, you know, winning on price. Ah, I love that example. Thank you so much. So I, I see how all this stuff would also be really applicable in not just a sales role, but also a leadership role. And you jumped into that startup environment and, and ran your own company as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I um, After about a decade in recruitment, I had... Um, I had a vision, you know, for how, you know, maybe the recruitment industry might change and started my own uh, HR tech startup. 
and just dove in head first, had um, looking back on it, very little idea what I was doing, you know, tried to learn on the go as best I could, um, came out of it, you know, stronger for uh, kind of the forged and fire sort of analogy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's, that's how I got into the startup space. So I'm super intrigued. You, I can imagine the path from recruiting into running a startup that is in that, that recruiting and a player brand space. What got you into Rose Rocket? You know, what was, what was that inspiration and uh, how'd you transition into that role? Nothing too magical here. Uh, my old company that I started, Job Hubble, uh, mm-hmm. got into the Ryerson DMZ and rose rocket was there at the same time and we just happened to share desk space and when i closed the door at rose rocket the uh, ceo said you know why don't you come uh work with us over here and i'm like sounds good to me love it nice and nice and easy opportunity you could say maybe you you were riding the elevator together yeah exactly <laughs> good so now you're now you're leading growth and yeah you mentioned how you are recruiting, hiring, onboarding, training, sales reps. Can you share with me a little bit around you know, what, what you're looking for? You're, you're looking for those sales reps. What are some of the indicators? Sure. So um, when it comes to the sales reps, the number one thing uh, I try to look for is uh, self-motivated. Mm-hmm. And uh, so generally, you know, you put on a resume, you know, self-starter, self-motivated and people don't really know what that means. And so it just becomes like a throwaway, you know, sentence like good communication skills. You're like, what exactly do I, how do I differentiate that? Mm -hmm. Um, So drilling down a little bit, I really search for people with a burning desire to achieve things in their life, not just about money, but they want to have a sense of accomplishment. And so I take care of, you know, the motivation piece or the management piece, you know, at the recruiting phase and then I try to augment their skill set wherever they might be lacking. If uh, because I don't really hire much for previous experience, I actually like when I work with external recruiters, I tell them I don't care about their previous quota attainment. I don't care what they what they did. Like we have rules for brand new grads, and we have rules for people with a little bit of experience. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for kind of you know raw passion, um, aptitude the ability to think on your feet and then ultimately, you know, um, the likability that's just to some extent is required in sales, right? You're still a personal dynamic between people. So I'd love to unbox that a little bit. Uh, I love how you spoke about hiring people who, who don't normally fit that, that mold. We, we work with people and we chat with people like that all the time. And, you know, one of the things that people often ask is what can I do to demonstrate that I have those characteristics when my LinkedIn profile doesn't have that kind of experience. So you mentioned you look for that sign of passion, kind of growth. Uh, what would be some of the things that you look for that are indicators, you know, that you, you should have that conversation? Okay, yeah, good question. Um, so I'm looking for anything that shows me that you have you've been trying in, let's say, like, quote unquote, life. So let's say you're a student, um, maybe you started clubs, or maybe you started a small business, I don't care if it was a bad business or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, maybe you were from, and I mean, this literally, like from a different country, 
and you took the step of moving away from everyone you knew to come like start a sales tech career in Toronto and you've then gone and like found some success in a couple of different you know uh, non-related industries um, anything like that that shows me that burning desire it, it will come through on the resume um, opposed to just you know went to university went to job and um, you know I can't really see that sort of activity level um, that's how I filter for it when I'm looking at resumes so you, you've got this unique opportunity now to have gone through this in, incredible journey now, you know, not just on the recruiting side, but as a founder, you know, leading a growth team at a, at a really exciting company. If you were reflecting back and chatting with you know, the Mark Bailey, who was just graduating from Western, what's some of the advice that you might give that Mark? So I give this advice to everybody. Um, you know, having been a recruiter for a long time, you do get a lot That's- of parents. That's good to keep yourself honest on it. I like that. Yeah. um, (laughs) I would always say do what you love. Mm. Um, The the thing I I always would counsel people who are maybe starting up their careers, as I said, like, you know, the worst lawyer doesn't make any money. You know, the best person at comic books does really well. At at the end of the day, it's like, it's really about Mm. passion that's going to separate you from your peers. And even, you know, and, and going back to sales on this, this is why I look for passion is that like, um, sales is not the kind of job where you can just start your career and you're immediately the best at it. It's something you have to work at. And it's much more of a craft like acting than it is maybe something like, uh, you know, like engineering. And so the people who have passion and continuously work on their craft, um, get better. And that only happens if you love it. And if you don't love it, you know, do something else that you love because then that passion is going to let you, you know, outperform your peers in that space too. Well, I mean, when I think about the Rose Rocket team and I've seen some of the photos that you guys post on LinkedIn and, you know, the celebrations that you've had, not just from the work at home, but celebrating, you know, Valentine's Day and people join the company, it's clear that your whole team lives and breathes that passion. So you're, you're a good advocate for the culture that you have. I appreciate that. Thank you. I know I promised that I wouldn't keep you too long. Can we go through a couple of rapid fire questions uh, and then I can let you go? Absolutely. Cool. So I, I'm, I'm super intrigued to hear your answers given the experiences that you've had. Um, I was going to say just your favorite sales tool, but let's open that up. You know, sales, recruiting, any of those experiences. What's your favorite tool? Right now it's Gong. If you know Gong.io. Mm. Um, mm-hmm what a powerful tool for like a sales manager who only has so much time to transcribe all of your conversations of your team and be able to search them and create statistic reports. It saves me on Like it saves me 40 hours a week. Oh, that's, that's remarkable. Uh, I'd love that. It's saving you 40 hours a week and you spend the rest of the time on the beach. Well, <laughs> I guess I got another 40 hours of work behind that first 40, but yeah. <laughs> it's a benefit of being an early team member, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, outside of work. Movies. What's your favorite movie? I don't really have a favorite. I love movies too much to have a favorite. I mean, there's got to be, you know, 40 or 50 movies that I watch over and over and over again. Ooh. Is there, uh, so let's still call your favorite then. Is there uh, one or two in that list that you've watched perhaps the most? Uh, there's a movie called Margin Call. Um, Ooh. If you don't know that one, I definitely recommend it. It's a. Uh, I don't know movie. it. I'm adding it to the list. Um, you know, the Godfather one and two casino, uh, 
these are all different aspects of my personality, I guess. Different nice. ways. Okay. Last one. When you were a kid, what did you want to grow up to be? You know, the, the word that came to my, into my head here is healthy. Um, <laughs> that's probably not the most common answer. Um, not at all, but wow, is it a profound and powerful one? Yeah. So that's my honest answer. I love it. Mark, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your insights. This has been a fantastic conversation. Thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. It's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. We'll chat again soon. Okay. Take care. Take care.